Good morning, church. So good to be with you. How are you guys doing with uh, the Lent season? You guys doing good? Just a reminder that Lent started uh, this past Wednesday, which was Ash Wednesday. And so uh, we usually uh, really pay close attention to fasting, but I just wanted to remind you that uh, there's other spiritual disciplines related to Lent, and they include prayer, which is uh, going deeper in prayer, um, leaning into God in prayer, and then, of course, fasting, and then almsgiving, which is being especially kind, especially generous to the poor and the needy and the marginalized among us. And so prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And so uh, this will be the next 40 days. And so lean into that. Well, this morning, I thought I'd... Um, about once a year, I'd like to take a Sunday to, to reshare the vision of our church And I thought this would be an appropriate Sunday because as we're reading through the Gospel of Mark, I'm noticing that, man, these are, this is kind of what I, 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 I desire our church to move toward. And so I thought this would be an appropriate Sunday to re share the vision of our church. And also, um, with all the fear and anxiety uh, going around regarding the coronavirus, I thought this would also be an appropriate Sunday to share like, what, we, what are we called to as God's people. And, I, I, and regarding the coronavirus, I just want to say this. Like, I think myself and a lot of us, we watch too much news and we read too many articles. And, um, and it creates a lot of fear and anxiety. And, and I, I just want to remind you of what the Word of God says. Because like... I was reading this article and um, it, was start, it was going well and then it kind of went kind of downhill. It was saying, man, that we should embrace fear, that we should embrace anxiety, almost like a friend, embrace fear and embrace anxiety so that we can talk about it. And I'm thinking, what? No way. I don't want to embrace fear. I don't want to embrace anxiety. And I, I was thinking about 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And this is what we are to embrace. We are to embrace the Word of God, which says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And so that's what we are to embrace. Yes, we are to be prudent, Yes, we are to be prepared, but we shouldn't be living in fear. We shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't be anxious. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. All right? And so I hope you will lean into that and embrace that. Embrace the truth of the Word of God. And so our vision hasn't changed. We started our church in August of 2016, so it's been a little over three years now, and I think this is, um, and it's the same vision. The Lord hasn't given me anything different, and, and vision leaks, and so sometimes it's good to circle back, to remind ourselves of what the Lord has called us to as the body of Christ here in Eva Beach. And so today is Vision Sunday. And I want to start with a picture. Anyone familiar with this picture here? Yeah? What's that picture of? (laughs) The hospital. Which hospital? Huh, Adam? You know which hospital? You've been to there? No, you haven't been Thomas? 
Yes, you're right. It's the Queen's Medical Center in Honolulu. Good. Yes, and many of us have been to the Queen's Medical Center. And um, the metaphor that I want us to use is the church as a hospital. And I want to just say this, that, uh, that when we use any metaphor for the church, they always come short. Metaphors have their strengths, but they have their limitations. So I just want you to keep that in mind when we use the church as a hospital, as a metaphor, that it is in an imperfect metaphor. And so with that, I, I find it useful, though, to picture Ohana Christian Church as a hospital. I love this metaphor of the church as a hospital. And I wonder if Jesus had this in mind in Mark chapter 2, verse 17. If you remember in Mark chapter 2, and you all have been reading our Bible in a year, and so you probably are familiar with this story. Levi, is, he's a tax collector, and he's sitting in his tax booth. And Jesus calls Levi and says, Levi, come, follow me. And so Levi, he's super excited about his re- new relationship with Jesus. And he throws a party at his house. And he invites all of his friends, all these tax collectors, all these sinners. And so Jesus is partying with these misfits, what, with these undesirables at Levi's home. And of course, the religious people, they see Jesus partying with these misfits and they shake their fingers at Jesus and they say, Hana okolele, peanut butter jelly. You guys used to say that peanut butter jelly part. I, yeah, you used to say that. Okay, so, okay. So I, 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 was, I thought I, I, it, it was like that, but I didn't remember the peanut butter jelly part. So, Hana okolele, you guys... What, what is the mainland way of doing it? So it's like, you're in trouble, we ca- you're caught. So what is the mainland way of saying it? Like, you, you, there's no mainland way? Okay, you go, okay. Hana okolele, peanut butter. So use this then when you go back to the mainland. Hana okolele, peanut butter jelly. And so Jesus looks at them and, and Jesus is like, calm down, Charlie Brown. And, but, and of course, uh, uh, this is what, not what Jesus said, but Jesus said in Mark chapter 2, verse 17, Jesus said this. Listen carefully. Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. That's a powerful statement that Jesus is making here. You see, the church is not a holy building where holy people come for a holy huddle. The church is not a building, a holy building where holy people come in for a holy huddle. You see, Jesus says, it's not the healthy who need me, it's the sick. That's why I came. That's why I came. I love the metaphor of the church as a hospital. A hospital where the sick come and they are made well. Where the broken come and they are made whole. Where the hurting come and they receive help and hope and healing in the name of Jesus Christ. I love the metaphor of the church as a hospital. And so how does this metaphor of the church as a hospital look like? 
If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Mark chapter 2. And we're going to look at the first five verses in Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, says this. It says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that Jesus had come home. And so they gathered, but they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And Jesus preached the word to them. Then some men came, bringing to Jesus a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through the roof and lowering the mat that the man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And then, of course, the religious leaders, they look at all this and they're like, Hana okolele, peanut barajele. And then so Jesus has a dialogue with these religious people. And then Jesus says this to the paralyzed man. He says, get up, take your mat, and go home. I love this story. One of my favorite stories in the Gospel of Mark. Jesus is in this house, and he's preaching. He's teaching the Word of God. And the house is crowded. It's full of people. So crowded that there's no room even outside of the house, even outside of the entrance of the home is all blocked up, full of people. And Jesus is preaching and teaching the word of God. Well, there's these four friends and they have this buddy that's paralyzed. And they hear this rumor about this Jesus that heals. And so they bring their paralyzed friend, they, they put their paralyzed friend on a, stretch, a stretcher of some sort. And here I have a picture of a modern-day stretcher. This, uh, this modern-day stretcher is quite sturdy. And sometimes you, you, you can carry a person that's injured or sick with two people. But if you want to share the load, then you can have four people carrying this stretcher. And so I, I'm not sure how the stretcher looked like back then, 2,000 years ago. Probably was makeshift. It was probably not as sturdy as our modern-day stretcher. But these friends, they put their paralyzed buddy on this stretcher, if you will, and they each grab a corner of that stretcher, and they bring their paralyzed friend to where Jesus is teaching in this home. As they near, they see this large crowd and they're like, oh man. And they say to their paralyzed friend, buddy, it's too crowded. We probably can't get you in there. And some of us friends, we probably say, man, maybe next time we'll bring you again. But not these friends. 
They were persistent friends. They were desperate to see their paralyzed friend made well. They were determined to get their paralyzed friend to Jesus. And so they come up with a plan. And they climb up on the roof and they kind of calculate where the educated guests, where they, where they might think Jesus is teaching right above that. And they, and they start digging. They start digging through that roof. And as a homeowner, I'm thinking, man, if I was there, I'd be like, what in the name of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are you doing to my house? But they're, they're, they keep digging. They keep digging. And then they make an opening big enough for their paralyzed friend, big enough for that stretcher. And they lower that stretcher down to where Jesus is. And by this time, all the attention is turned away from Jesus and turned up to where these friends are, to to all this commotion that's taking place, to this roof that's being broken open, to this paralyzed man that's being lowered down. And everybody's shifted their attention away from Jesus. And listen to to carefully, it says that, that Jesus saw the faith of these four friends. And Jesus was moved by the faith of these four friends. And Jesus says to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Take up your mat. Get up and go home. That's a powerful, powerful story. This morning, I want us to consider what all this looks like for us as a church. Like if you think about it, there's lots of people in our sphere of influence that are on stretchers. It might not be a physical illness, but there's lots of people on on the stretcher of life. People are, are struggling. People are going through hard times. They're on a stretcher. They might be tired or restless or alone or depressed or empty or broken and or worried. They're on a stretcher. There are many people on stretchers. People are on stretchers for a number of reasons. But here's the great tragedy. There are not many stretcher bearers. There are not many stretcher bearers. These four friends, they were stretcher bearers. We all need stretcher bearers in our lives. Stretcher bearers who are willing to do whatever it takes to bring us to Jesus, do whatever it takes to point us to Jesus, who do whatever it takes to, to bring us, to carry us to the foot of the cross. We all need stretcher bearers in life. In this metaphor of the church as a hospital, I believe we are all called every single one of us, to engage and participate in Jesus' mission to be stretcher bearers, to bring people to Jesus, to carry people to the great physician, to bring people to the feet 
of Jesus. And this is where they can receive help and hope and healing. And here's the only prerequisite. All of us, all of us can be stretcher bearers. The only prerequisite is this. It's love. Our hearts have to be motivated by love. It has to be about love. The Apostle Paul, he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. All we need, the key ingredient, is love. All of us can be stretcher bearers. The prerequisite is just love. Jesus says this in John chapter 13. He says, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I, 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 I just desire so deeply for our church to be known by our love. Imagine if we were a church that would be known by our love. Man, we would be an amazing witness for Jesus Christ. And so you might be thinking, man, this is an interesting metaphor, the metaphor of a, a church as a hospital and the metaphor of us as stretcher bearers. But I see a problem, Pastor, we're only open on Sundays. We're, this church as a hospital would be only open on Sundays at 9 a.m. How about everyone, everyone that's broken and hurting on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays? They need help, hope, and healing. Well, it's quite simple. You see, the caregiving that our church as a hospital provides is not primarily by me, and it's not primarily on Sundays, and it's pri not primarily in this physical location. You see, the caregiving that our church as a hospital provides is primarily by you, and it's prim primarily where you live, work, and play, and it's primarily on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, and, sun and even sometimes on Sundays. I showed you this news clip uh, two years ago, and I think it's still relevant and powerful and appropriate for us today. And so I want you to take a look at this Hawaii Na News Now news clip from 2018. Take a look at this. An exclusive report now on an effort to reduce homelessness. While we often focus on dramatic sweeps and new projects, part of the battle is happening quietly in hidden alleys, sidewalks, and doorways. That's where special street medicine teams are hard at work. Our Allison Blair was with one of those teams today when they literally saved a man's life. We 
are in a community that utilizes a lot of injection drugs. On a Chinatown street, many avoid. Dr. Christina Wang provides comfort to those who are often shunned. I'm a mess. I, I want to help you. Tuesday morning, members of the Chow Project street medicine team stumbled across someone they hadn't seen in a while. So I ran into our friend Robert. At one time, he was the state's second highest utilizer of emergency room care, checking into Queens nearly 200 times in a single year. But with the help of outreach, he'd been doing much better. Last anyone saw him, he was sober and hadn't been to the hospital in nearly eight months. How much alcohol have you had today? How much alcohol? Yeah. Enough. Enough, okay. I lost everything. I can see that. Every time someone is admitted to the emergency room for wound care, on average, it costs about $1,500 compared to just $20 when those same wounds are dressed on the street. The Child Project Street Medicine team works closely with the agency's needle exchange program that was created nearly two decades ago to prevent the spread of HIV. It's an area that we can also interact with folks who have a really good established relationship with our outreach work. So, you know, we build that trust that way, and that's really important. Bless your heart. I'm glad to see you today. It's those bonds that open the door for conversations about detox and housing. Can I get you a lift ride up to um, up to the office so we can... Are you... you sure, certainly could. Yeah, don't you think that'd be a safer plan? Yeah. Over the past year, Dr. Wang says this work has helped close to 60 people find their way off the street. I will see you at the office later. Tonight, Robert is headed to detox and eventually a bed at a local shelter. In Chinatown, Allison Blair, Hawaii News Now. A street med medicine team, isn't that a powerful concept? Bringing the hospital to the people. These workers, they saw a need. There's people out there that need medical attention, desperately need medical attention. And so they said, why don't we think outside the box? Let's do something different. Instead of them coming to us, why don't we go to them? And so this street medicine team is formed and their mission to bring the hospital to the people. I personally believe that the church is most effective and at its best when we operate like a street medicine team. When we bring the church as a hospital to the people. And I believe it is no coincidence that you all live where you're living at. It's no coincidence that you all work at where you're working at. It's no coincidence that you all go to school at where you're going to school at. And it's no coincidence that you bump into the people that you're bumping into. You see, because the caregiving that our church as a hospital offers is pro primarily provided by you. And it's primarily where you live, work, and play. And it's primarily on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and sometimes even Saturdays. And if you think about it, 
Jesus was all about street medicine. Jesus was all about bringing the church as a hospital to the people. And we've been reading about this in our Bible in a year. We've been reading about this all throughout the Gospel of Mark. In the, in the Gospel of Mark, in Mark chapter 1, Simon's mother-in-law, she's sick and she has a fever. And so Jesus comes and heals her. Guess what? This healing didn't take place on a Sunday morning at 9 o'clock a.m. This healing took place through a home visit. Jesus was all about street medicine. Jesus was all about bringing the church as a hospital to the people. And later in Mark chapter 1, Jesus is on the road. And there's this man with leprosy. And so this gentleman He sees Jesus and he falls at Jesus' feet and he says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, I am willing. And this gentleman, he's healed from his leprosy. Well, guess what? This healing didn't take place on a Sunday morning at a church service. This healing took place while on the road. Jesus was all about street medicine. Jesus was all about bringing the church as a hospital to the people. Check this out. Mark chapter 5. There's this guy who, is, who has an impure spirit. Uh, an evil spirit is in him. And he lives among the tombs. He lives in the graveyard, in the cemetery. And he has this extraordinary like, strength. No one can subdue him. And night and day, he cries out. He shouts. He makes noise. He cuts himself. And he sees Jesus. And he has an encounter with Jesus. And Jesus casts out this evil spirit, this impure spirit. And this man is healed. Guess what? This healing didn't take place at a church service on a Sunday morning. This healing took place near a graveyard, near a cemetery of all places. Jesus was all about street medicine. Jesus was all about bringing the church as a hospital to the people. And so this morning, I just want us to walk away and wrestle with these Two or three concepts. The metaphor of, the, of, of us being the church as a hospital. And this idea that there, there, there are many people on stretchers and that God has called us to be stretcher bearers. To bring people to Jesus. To carry people to the foot of the cross. And this idea of street medicine. Of bringing the church as a hospital to the people. And so with that, I'd like us to pray.